0: today and next week we are going to talk about something that almost every single one of us has to deal with after the death of our child it doesn't matter if your child died in some sort of an accident or by their own hand or through an illness and that is guilt we all struggle with it because we all think we should have been able to stop our child's death by maybe making a different decision, or maybe handling a situation better, maybe we think we should have seen symptoms earlier, or maybe we took our child to the doctor, and they just kind of blew it off as a sickness. And, and we really feel guilty because we should have insisted that something was wrong. And the doctor didn't take us seriously. There's so many reasons why we feel guilty and it doesn't matter how our child died. We all think we should have done something differently and we blame ourselves for our child's death. I think a lot of us feel guilty because maybe we don't like to face the fact that we were helpless to stop it from happening. And being helpless is such a horrible feeling, especially when it comes to our children And we have faced the ultimate extreme feeling of helplessness. We were not able to protect our child from death. And we find ourselves dealing with the pain and guilt of being such a horribly bad parent. Or were we? Is that really the case? Because when we think about it, neither life or death are really truly in our hands. God is the one who gives life in the womb. Now, we may engage in the act of intimacy, which causes the physical part of it to happen, but only God can create that little life when things come together physically, putting a soul and a spirit inside of a teeny tiny human being before we even know he or she is there. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? So it really isn't us that brought life into the world, It's God through us. The giving of life really is not in our hands as much as we might think it is. We don't think about that as often, though, do we? Here's another thought. When God forms a life inside the mother, he knows exactly how many days that life will have here on this earth. Yes, each of our days are numbered, including the life of our children The very second they are conceived, those days are numbered, even before they are conceived. Now, we may cry out, that's not fair. But I'll remind you, many things in this fallen, sinful world are not fair, especially from our viewpoint. And that's also what can make us feel so helpless. We really can't control much of anything about life or death. So how do we break this bondage of feeling helpless? I feel like it's surrendering to the fact that our lives are truly in God's hands from conception to death. We do everything we possibly can to stay connected to the one who is the giver of life, not just here on earth, but everlasting life that goes beyond this earth. Now, personally, I have made the hard choice not to feel helpless, not to wallow in that, but to be hopeful. I am determined to stay connected to God, believing that He is truly good all the time and not just when I get my own way. I believe with every fiber of my being that my daughter is with Him in the safest and the most wonderful place possible. And until I join her, I'm choosing to move forward toward being happy and fulfilled in this life because the other choice just isn't a pleasant one to me. I refuse to just live out the rest of my life living in a shell waiting to die to go be with Becca. Remember, our children are more full of life now than they ever were here on this earth. Yes, I want Becca here with me. And yes, I still cry because it hurts and I miss her so very much. But I also want my daughter to be happy and whole, which she is. I don't have to feel helpless like I was a bad parent because I could not stop her death. The issue to me is that I didn't know the number of her days here on earth would be that much less than mine. We just weren't given that information when our children were born. And when I think about it, that's really a good thing, isn't it? So maybe you might want to take some time to give to the Lord, that feeling of helplessness and guilt that you were a bad parent for letting your child die because it wasn't anyone's fault, including God's. We each have a different number of days to be lived out here on this earth. Our children fulfilled their time here, no matter how short that was. And they are now joyfully waiting for us to join them When our numbered days here are up. Now I know we wish that they were fewer. We don't know how many are left, but our days are numbered and we will be joining them. My friend Danae was tortured with guilt for over a year and a half after her daughter took her own life with postpartum blues. Now our daughters, Naomi and Becca, actually knew each other growing up through school and local church activities. But it's only been since our daughters both died that Danae and I have gotten to know one another on a much deeper level. And when presented with the truth that God was asking her to trust him beyond all of her unanswered questions... It took another eight months before she was ready to do that. Now, I know many of you have been in that same place for a whole lot longer, some of you for even 10 or 20 or 30 years or more of just carrying that guilt and being tormented by that. I want to share something that Danae wrote. She said, on our daughter's birthday, I was finally able to say, Lord, I don't get this. And this is so wrong and there are so many unanswered questions but i trust you there are things that happen in this life that are so painful and tragic and wrong but as papa said in the shack just because i can bring incredible good out of incredible tragedy does not mean i orchestrated the tragedy god is good And he is faithful, and he is the healer of the brokenhearted, and he will give beauty for ashes. I trust that. And that's the end of what Danae wrote. There are a couple of things that are important to realize when we struggle with guilt over our child's death. First, guilt does not serve us well. The if-onlys and deep regrets don't change anything. In fact, as long as we're in that frame of mind, we're continuing to feed the darkness and the depression we all face after the death of our child, especially one who ended his or her own life, whether it was intentional or unintentional, or there are those of you that feel like if I had only done this or if I had not made that decision, if I had just been more cautious or thought more clearly or if I only knew, I mean, these kinds of things that it's like if I had just done this one thing differently, my child would still be here. I understand that's really hard and those, those deep regrets, they just, they don't change what happened. Another thing to accept is that the solution is not in ourselves. Danae had to let go and trust the one who holds life and death in his hands, just like all of us need to. God loves both you and your child more deeply than any of us can comprehend. Now, unfortunately, many of us have a misguided definition of faith Which makes all of this even more difficult and can be part of the guilt we find ourselves trapped in. Because for some of us, uh, when Becca had her cancer when she was three, we were even told that we didn't have enough faith or she would have been healed of her cancer. I know of some parents that have been told that if they would have had enough faith, their child wouldn't have died. What a horrible thing to tell a parent that it's your fault your child died because you didn't have enough faith that God was going to heal your child talk about guilt. Things like that are just horrible. And that's such a misguided definition of faith. It's not even faith as far as my study of the word. And it can be part of the guilt that we find ourselves trapped in, like I said, because true faith is not getting the answers we want, or we're demanding, or that we're claiming to our prayers. I think true faith is trusting him when certain prayers are not answered in the way we wanted, believing that he can see what we cannot see and he knows what we do not know. He is viewing things from eternity, not just our little piece of the earth and world right now, but through the eyes of eternity. I mean, (laughs) that's huge, so much bigger than what our little tiny finite piece of right now and right here is and faith i don't think it's believing what god will do it's believing who he will be for me as i walk through this world it's an outcome of our relationship with god as we grow and our love for him and his love for us and our relationship with him grows I think faith is what rises up in us because the more we know him, and this may sound the opposite of how you feel right now, but the more we know him, the more we can trust him with what we cannot see. Coming to a place of acceptance that God did not cause the death of our child is where many of us have to start. And then we need to accept the fact that he had a reason for not stepping in and stopping our child's death, that it's just not going to make sense to us on this side of eternity. Even if he tried to explain it to us, I don't think here and now it would be a good enough reason for us. It's important for us to grasp that this life and what we can see and hear and touch and feel is only temporary. Our child is on the other side of eternity and we will be joining them someday. And thankfully, our extremely painful separation is not permanent. We can choose to release the guilt knowing that our children are in the safest, most wonderful place possible. And yes, I know we would much rather have them here with us, but wanting that and hanging on to guilt because they're not, it's not going to change it. So we might as well make the difficult decision to let the guilt go. I want to encourage you to do what my friend Danae did. Don't rely on your own strength or your own desire to trust God with the most painful thing you've ever faced. Be honest with him. If you're like Danae, tell him, I want to trust you, help me. And if you're not to that point of even wanting to trust him, tell him. And then ask him to help you to want to trust him. Thousands of other bereaved parents, along with myself, have come to the same conclusion as Danae, that God is good and he is faithful and he is the healer of the brokenhearted and he will give beauty for ashes. Sometimes I get emails about how a Pereaver is struggling with guilt. As a matter of fact, I received one just a few days ago, which prompted this podcast episode and this topic. Now, I want to read part of an email, though, that I received quite a while back. And she says, I feel tremendous and overwhelming guilt that somehow myself or his father could have saved my son. The constant questions of what ifs or was there something I could have done different to save him is the hardest thing to live with. Now, my answer to these kinds of questions is usually pretty simple and straightforward. No. If there was anything more you could have done, you would have done it. If you would have known what you know now, you would have changed things. You would have done things differently. You would have made different decisions. That's true. But you didn't have that information then. There is a man named Jerry Sitzer who lost his mom, his wife, and a four-year-old daughter at the same time in a head-on collision with a driver who crossed the center line. And Jerry was driving their vehicle, and he understandably tormented himself with these same kinds of questions like, what if I hadn't insisted that it was time to leave when I did? What if I had lingered just a little bit longer at a couple of the stop signs on the way out of town? because then the timing would have been different, right? We ask these questions as if what happened to our child was our fault. And looking back, we think somehow that we should have known so that we could have intervened in some way or done more than what we were already doing. Most of us don't like the fact that we can't see our future to be able to alter it or change it in some way, especially in this issue of the death of our child. We don't like not knowing, but the thing is we don't know what we don't know Punishing ourselves by living in regrets and tormenting ourselves with the what ifs Doesn't bring our child back. It doesn't change the past Also when you think about it an accident Like the meaning of an accident is something that was not intended to happen That's what an accident is For those of you that have found yourself in that place We cannot change what has happened in the past, but we can decide how we're going to live out our future. Are you going to decide to live in a shell waiting to die as you continue to torment yourself with these things? Or are you going to make a decision to figure out how to live your life in a way that honors your child and that shows the rest of your family that your child who died is not the only person who is important to you? This is so critical to do because our other children, maybe our spouse or other close family members get the message that the child who died is the only person who mattered in our life. And while that child may have been one of the most special people in your life, he or she wasn't the only special person, I'm pretty sure. So I think it's important for us to find ways to live so that is not the message that those around us receive. Some of you know this, you've heard me say this, that my other daughter came to me at one point and told me that she believed that I thought the wrong daughter died based on how she saw me grieving Becca's death. And I was just horrified by that because it was so untrue. But that was the message she was receiving. You would never... Allow a friend whose child has died to blame themselves. Think about it. You have a friend, their child died the same way your child died. If the role was reversed and it was someone else, you would not let your friend blame themselves. So don't do it to yourself. Let yourself off the hook just like you would let anyone else off the hook. We all Go through regrets and we question ourselves and torment ourselves after the death of our child wondering if we could have done more or missed something we should have seen like i said the answer is no because you would have done something differently if you had known what was going to happen so you need to let yourself off the hook just like you would insist on someone else letting themselves off the hook of guilt As someone I hope you consider a friend, especially if you are a regular listener to this podcast, I, as your friend, insist that you let the wondering and the guilt go. You release it. In fact, right now, say it out loud. I release myself. I will not continue beating myself up for something I did not know. I will not continue tormenting myself with guilt. If you need to, rewind this and say that out loud. First John chapter 3, verse 20 says, Whenever our hearts make us feel guilty and remind us of our failures, we know that God is much greater and more merciful than our conscience. Isn't that awesome? He's greater and much more merciful than our own conscience. And he knows everything there is to know about us. If you are struggling with the guilt and all the what-ifs and should-haves, give all those things back to the Lord to carry and give yourself grace because that is one of the reasons he died for us, not just to take our sins, but he died to take our guilt and our shame. It is his to carry now. It is not yours to carry. Don't just accept this as a thought in your head but take the time to let it sink into your heart and into the very depths of your being. God wants you to know, wait, let me rephrase that. God needs you to know that in him, you are not a failure. You are not to blame. You are not to carry the guilt that Jesus went to the cross to carry for you because he paid a very high price to make sure of that, which was the death of his own son for you. I just want to take a few minutes to say thank you to those who have been praying for Dave and myself, both as we hit Becca's 12th year, and quite a few of you sent me messages that day, and I appreciate that that you were thinking of us and praying for us. And also, Uh, Just keeping us in your prayers as we have made this huge transition, moving out of the Hope Mobile and into a townhouse for the next year. Now, if this sounds a little echoey right now, it's because I'm actually recording this in a room that is truly an office with four walls and a door. And that's why it's echoey, because it's four walls and a door. I mean, we got boxes and things in here, but nothing on the walls or anything yet. We're still moving in. So this, I think I'm hearing a little echo here, and you're probably hearing that too. That's why it sounds different. God has been providing furniture and the things we needed in just wonderful ways. And we're still getting unpacked and settled, and we're pretty tired. But we are grateful for God's many blessings as he continues to confirm that we've made the right decision to stay put in Wisconsin for the time being. Now, GPS Hope will continue, including planning a couple of retreats in the spring and summer, and we will also be hosting a Celebration of Hope here in Wisconsin the first weekend of August of 2024. I thought we would have the details to share by now, but when we first set this date, we did not know we were going to be moving along with some of the other personal family issues that have our attention and priority at the moment. But be sure to save the dates, put on your calendar, August 1st through the 4th, Celebration of Hope in Wisconsin with GPS Hope, and watch for details. Let's go ahead with this week's birthday segment. Alicia Martin was born on October 17th and is forever 36. Carissa Ellen Hunsager was born on October 19th and is forever one-year-old. Samuel Buss was born on October 19th and is forever 21. Taylor Contreras was born on October 20th and she is forever 16. We celebrate with these families the day these children came into the world. We know it will always be a special and important day in our lives when our children are born. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced, the week of his or her birthday, I would love to be able to do that for you. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Just fill out the information there, submit it, and we will put your son or daughter on the list and announce his or her birthday that week. Dave will also send you an email to remind you to listen. I want to encourage you one last time to release yourself from the guilt, especially the should-haves and the if-onlys. Romans 8 verse 1 says you need to release yourself from guilt because God is not holding anything against you. In fact, Jesus paid a very high price, his own life, to make sure that you are released from all shame and all guilt. Holding on to your guilt is like denying that Jesus went to the cross and died for you So there is therefore now no condemnation, no condemnation, no condemnation, no guilt for those who belong to Christ Jesus. The goal is not to eliminate the grief because that will never happen. I have friends whose children have been gone for 30, 40 years, and even though I'm now at 12 years, my mind just, I I can't grasp that. And they still get hit with waves of grief at certain times, including unexpected times that take them by surprise. The goal is to allow God to work in our lives to bring a measure of healing, which will allow us to function and live in a way that honors the life of our son or daughter, to have a life that is fulfilling and joyful while we are still here on this earth. And my question is, why wait until you are with your child to release yourself from guilt release yourself from your guilt right now and please don't say i can't the thing is we do get to a point where we are choosing to hold on to it regrets and guilt do not serve you well it just keeps sucking you under. Now next week, we're going to talk about some of the reasons we may be holding on to that guilt. So until then, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.